This episode of this podcast is making me thirsty. It is brought to you by Movie Phone. Call 555 Film. Welcome to this podcast is making me thirsty, the number one destination for Seinfeld fans. This episode 49. This episode, we welcome Dee Dee Pfeiffer. Dee Dee played George's girlfriend, Victoria, in the season five finale of Seinfeld, The Opposite. Thank you for listening. Pass it on if you dig it. Follow us on Twitter at This Thirsty. Check out our YouTube channel. Thank you for listening. Enjoy. This podcast is making me thirsty. Episode 49, Dee Dee Pfeiffer. Okay, welcome to this podcast is making me thirsty, the number one destination for Seinfeld fans. This episode 49, today we welcome a special guest. She currently stars in the new David E. Kelly drama, Big Sky, as Denise. Um, she recently earned a master's of social work from UCLA. Um, a lot of you would know her from her series regular roles on For Your Love with Holly Robinson Pete, um, from the award-winning comedy series Sybil, opposite Sybil Shepherd. Um, she's also on Ellen, CSI, Friends, ER, um, movies such as Red Surf with uh, George Clooney, Falling Down with Michael Douglas, Tune In Tomorrow with Keanu Reeves, and Into the Night with Jeff Goldblum. Our fans will know her as George's girlfriend, Victoria, from the all-time classic season five finale of Seinfeld, The Opposite. Please welcome Dee Dee Pfeiffer. Thank you so much, Dee Dee, for joining us. Hi, thank you for having me. Yes. Dee Dee, we're so excited to talk to you. And, and clearly, you've had an incredible resume, an incredible career. And we do want to talk about all that, and including what you're doing with social work. But let's just let's go back in time for our fans here. 1994, right? Okay. Um, you were about 10 years into your career. And then I guess that call was made. How did the, how did the Seinfeld audition come about? Um, in the season finale of season five. Well, first of all, that was 1994, you said? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I mean, I felt old when you were drilling off all my work, but now I'm like, dude, really? Oh, okay. Um, let's see. Well, the funny thing is, is back in the day when, in the 90s, uh, when we were all out there auditioning, when you got a Seinfeld audition, that was huge, right? Well, of course. And I had already been called in a couple times and never got the role, right? So when I got this call, I said to my agents, why do they keep torturing me? They never pick me. Just put me out of my misery and stop calling me in. And he's like, oh, just stop your whining. Clearly there's something they like. It's just, you're not right. And I said, well, all right. So I went in and I got it. And I was like, no one was more surprised than me. Um, so it's, I look back and I got to tell you, I was in shock the whole time. I mean, can you imagine being on the set of Seinfeld and acting with them? It was surreal for me too, because that was that's that was big. <laughs> yeah, I mean, especially that you were on season five, season finale at that point. Season four, they had just won their first Emmy, and now season five was was probably one of the, we consider their best season. And then the finale, um, obviously, it's 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 an all time classic episode. In fact, the line that's delivered to you by George, you know, I'm unemployed, living with my parents. Um, <laughs> You know, it goes down as one of the greatest lines of all time. Um, did, did you feel that afterwards? Like, are you the? 
did that change things at all for you career-wise as far as like being recognized, whether personally or even just professionally after you were on? They just said it was, it was a huge hit at that point in season five. I've, I've never really been that recognizable because I'm always changing my look. Like right now I'm redhead to be Denise. <laughs> right, 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 yeah. And my weight goes up and down like a like, damn yo-yo. Um, and then of course, <laughs> it's the wrinkles when you get a little older and, and Seinfeld, I looked like I was 10 years old. Um, but so I don't really get recognized. But you know, it's weird, Chris and Tony, I'm an odd cat because like I generally, I'm not really that aware about what's happening around me because like, I didn't think I even realized that it was such a huge episode. I just was so happy to get the gig. I'm sure someone probably told me, but it went in one ear and out the other and hit the wall because that's generally kind of how I am. Um, so it wasn't until afterwards, and especially now, years later, that they keep referring to it as this awesome episode. So I guess it's kind of like, oh, wow, I guess I was on a really cool episode. Always me, day late, dollar sh short, right? <laughs> <laughs> so take us back to the, the audition. You said you tried out for it a few times before that. Were you a were you a fan of the show? I mean, obviously you knew the show, but you, you kind of sound you sound like you kind of just you. I don't want to say you build a, a wall, but you don't recognize what's going on, or you hear what's going on most of the time, right? Yeah, um, you got it. <laughs> let me yeah, let me rephrase that. Well, but, but like, right on. <laughs> but you were like, so tell us about the kind of audition process, the the couple ones you didn't get. Do you remember what those were for at all, or no? Oh, Chris, no, I don't even remember like your name now, right? Okay. <laughs> no, um, no, I don't, but I just remember going in, reading for other roles and then going, why do they keep calling me back? Why are they torturing me? They never say yes. Um, I didn't understand the process, but you know, it's interesting because I've always been that way with my, with my career where I'm just kind of like in the moment, in, in this, in this situation. And like, I would tell my agents, don't tell me who's in the room. Because then all you're going to do is freak me out and make me nervous. It's best I don't know. Um, and th I think it worked out pretty well for me because as you, as you kind of drilled off my resume, it worked. I got I scored roles. But that wasn't because I was informed about anything or watched anything necessarily. I generally would watch it when I got the interview. I'd be like, my agents go, go watch Seinfeld or go watch um, ER, go watch CSI. Because I probably hadn't been watching it. <laughs> okay. Not that I don't like these things. It's just that I watch really weird things like aliens and <laughs> that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> but, um, but I would educate myself on the show. So I knew what the feel was like and what the energy was like. Yeah. So we, we do, we, we've talked to a, a few other uh, guest stars that, you know, and they've always kind of mentioned on the set. I mean, you know, like you just said, we, we, we've gone through all the the shows you've been on from what we've gathered, the Seinfeld set's a little different in that they really embrace the, the guest stars and, and let them kind of shine and give them input and let them give input and sort of, um, you know, maybe give them a little more free reign than they might on other shows. I don't know if you noticed that or if you have anything, again, we're making you go back to 94, but if there's anything you remember maybe about being on the set, whether it was working with Jason or, or Larry or, or the director, Sharones or anything like that, where they kind of let you play with Jared, George a little bit more or something like that. Well, you know, I wish that you told me that because I was so nervous about like getting fired, which I right. said, you know, big sky. I mean, it doesn't matter. My brother-in-law's producing that. I'm still every day thinking I'm gonna get fired. And by the way, it's, I think it's a Pfeiffer thing because my sister is doing study board and she just said, oh, they're going to fire me. I said, oh, you have that disease too. Oh, um, <laughs> so it's like, I highly doubt they're going to fire you. And she's like, I highly doubt they're going to fire you. 
So I was just so like trying to make sure I didn't go up on my lines and, and, and do the performance I did in the interview that I was too nervous to try to even dare go out of the box. I wish I would have known what you just told me because I probably would have played with it more. But remember, when you go to, to, to work on Seinfeld, that show is like a machine. They work like a machine. It's, I, right. I describe it like a moving train. It just works beautifully and on every level. And then you're asked to jump on it and then go, but don't fall off. You know what I mean? Like you kind of go one, two, three, jump, or you're going to fall off, right? Because they're so good. They're so talented. And I was very um, in awe of all of them. I didn't even know you were supposed to change wardrobe in the scene. That's the first scene. I just stood there and started watching the next scene. And the girl walks by and goes, what are you doing? I go, I'm just watching. They're like, go get your next wardrobe. You're up next. I didn't understand the process of a half an hour comedy let alone, like, I think they assumed I knew what I was doing. And the, here's the secret. I had not a clue what I was doing. <laughs> not a clue. Kind of like right now. I'm Big Sky. <laughs> I'm Didi, <laughs> you and I have a lot in common. Not a clue. We're always scared. We're thinking we're going to get fired. Um, so it's funny. You said you didn't realize that you could, like, they want to let the guest stars shine. But I feel like you definitely did. Like, when we think about that, it's an iconic episode. But I mean, your scenes and your lines, I mean, from obviously just saying your name, hi, I'm Victoria, to the famous, who are you, George Costanza? I mean, those will go down in, in Seinfeld history. So you you should be proud. And maybe, maybe you didn't know you had this license, but you no, did I, shine in those episodes. I love this interview. Because the time, like, someone tells me, so why this is, this is meat to get to my sons, to prove to them. That I'm like not just like a big loser that like you know they're like yeah mom just order dominoes I'm like listen I used to be really cool I used to be like you know they're like yeah 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 this new generation they don't appreciate you know that's like, what we're here for <laughs> <laughs> that's right yeah yeah I'll give you their their um instagrams or actually I don't even do that you have to call them no I'll text them yeah <laughs> so when we think about this uh, this episode, so Larry, David, and Jerry wrote the episode, um, right, in the prime of the series. So, and I'm just curious, you're working with David, David E. Kelly now, obviously. How involved is, let's just compare the two. How involved was Larry, David, if you remember, back in 94? And the, no, but these, and David E. Kelly with, with Big Sky. Obviously, both of them are creators of the show, and they, uh, they tend to be involved and probably involved in the writing as well. Can you can you compare the two? I like the way you preface it with if you can remember that <laughs> you already know me. I love it. I love it, Chris. You've got my number. I do actually remember. Um, first of all, half an hours are a different beast than even an hour drama and and films. Every each element kind of has their own way of working. Half an hour is like I said, are like a moving train, and you're working five days a week, and it's bam 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 bam, um, and then you're in front of the audience at the end of the week. So writers are right there. Producers are right there. Networks right there. Studio. Everybody is right there on the set, hands-on. So it's just, I mean, physically, they're literally there. Whereas our dramas, not a lot do you have the showrunners on the set. Sometimes you do. Sometimes you don't. Right now, we're going through COVID. David's in LA, right? And I, we're up here in Canada. So they, we have, we're working with like a skeleton crew. Like only those who actually have to be here are here. Hmm. So that, and then we have bubbles within the crew, bubble A, bubble B, bubble C. <laughs> so that if anybody gets COVID, it's only that bubble that then oh, has interesting. 
Yeah, it's all very strategic. It's a completely different way of filming. David's very hands-on, the best that he can, considering he's, you know, we do a lot of this, a lot of Zoom. Gotcha. Uh, Interesting. Not a lot, but he's very hands-on. Yeah, David's very hands-on in all of his shows. Um, so I'm curious, and again, so you, you were in the season five finale. You're George's girlfriend. You get in the job with the Yankees, pivotal moment in, in Seinfeld history. Season six rolls around. You're, you're like, there was no closure to your relationship with George. Did they shoot any scenes we didn't see? Did they tell you you might be coming back as the girlfriend in season six? They never ended it in season five. There was no like breakup or reason. And then you're just not there in season six. I've always been curious about that. If, if there was anything we missed that maybe they shot a scene and never played it or they, they told you you might come back for season six and you didn't or anything like that? Um, no. <laughs> I was talking to Chris about it before you came out. He's like, yeah, whatever. That's what happened. I'm like, there has to be something there. But yeah, there's not. World. And then how did that episode end again? I mean, what did I do? Did, did your last scenes is basically dating George and like I mentioned, you're in the you're different uh, you're you're in the movies with him, you're in a car with him, all these different things where he's showing that he's the opposite of every other guy. And then he goes about the Yankee stuff, and then Elaine loses her job, and then the show ends, and that's the end of the season. And then they start season six, and George is with the Yankees, but you know it was never even mentioned like oh you know. Yeah. It was odd. I just th I thought if there's anything we missed as far as like a scene that was shot that what didn't air or anything like that. No, but Tony, that's a darn good <laughs> question. And I'm God, I hope I didn't do something where they were like, let's not bring her back. <laughs> no, I think it just wasn't written in. I think it was like a higher set. It was just season six was now, uh I know yeah. that the whole episode was called the opposite. Right. Elaine lost like had the worst luck, which is generally George and vice versa. Right. So they kind of like role reversed. So maybe the gag, the gag was up in the episode that I really just, I mean, I'm totally making this up. I mean, I, I don't know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, speculation. Right? I guess it was kind of like it was, it was for that episode and really wasn't meant to do anything else other than to shake up these two characters a little bit and have some fun with them playing the opposite of each other, right? Have you, have you watched the episode recently? Like, you mentioned your two sons. Have you, like, what are they into? Are they, are they uh, some fans? <laughs> no. When was the last time you were into anything your mother did? I mean, you know, <laughs> uh, ooh, yeah, but our mothers. <laughs> Dude, I got teenagers. They are very busy on the electronics. They got, you know, they're 15 and 18, so it's the girl, the, the dude, it's my friend's mom, you know, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, they're not impressed with me. My, my, I didn't ever raise my children being impressed with anything when it comes to the industry at all. They're very normal boys in the sense that they're into Taekwondo and. Oh, what one forges Dubuskis knives, but okay, that's not an ordinary thing. Um, but they're they're um, they're not really that impressed. Have they seen it? I don't know. I don't know if my boys have seen it. They said that they've heard about it through their friends. Okay, let me give you a little secret. I'm on a show, right? It's called Big Sky, and his, their uncle produces it. <laughs> this is how imp impressed they are. When I got the show, I was like. And I said, hey, did you guys see the first episode? Did you see it? They're like, yeah, we have it recorded. Okay, next week comes up. Listen, you got to watch the first one. You got to watch the pilot. It sets up the second one. You know, you got to watch it. You got to watch it. And they're like, yeah, uh, mom, I had a headache, says one. And I'm like, what? And then the other one's like, I had homework. And right there, I knew. <laughs> what yeah, homework as an excuse? I don't know. Yeah. I'm like, since when does a headache or a homework ever, ever trump doing, you know, watching TV? So, 
finally, my one son said, mom, I'm going to be honest with you. It's just too weird. I can't watch you. I, I just can't. I can't. It's just too weird. And I said, you know, I understand that. My other son said, you turned on the show. It looked like a really good show, mom. And then you came on and I had to shut it off. It was just too weird. <laughs> there you go. So then- Yeah, I, I, I could see that. I could see that. It's oh. like if I went into my mother's kindergarten class, it would be awkward. All right, so, <laughs> so speaking of Big Sky, um, you have a cast member from also Seinfeld season five in Big Sky. He Uh-oh. played he plays the priest who gets murdered in Big Sky. Um, John Kapos, am I pronouncing this right? Oh. So he, yeah, he was also on season five of Seinfeld. He was the sniffing accountant. I'm guessing you guys didn't talk about Seinfeld Doesn't on this. Sound like this it. Guy. <laughs> um, here's the the brutal, ugly truth of filming in COVID. I haven't met like hardly anybody. Oh, interesting. Right? Yeah. yeah. Just the girls. Just the girls in the office there. The ones pretty that much? you're. Yeah, that you're. The ones I have a scene with. Uh, if you're not uh, in with me, I haven't met you. Right. We've How about? Met. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Like, uh, I haven't met anybody. Another uh, Seinfeld alum who you uh, starred uh, across from in Civil, Peter Krause, was also in Seinfeld, the limo episode on Before You. Peter, yeah, he played my husband. I yeah, yeah. That, my, Rachel was fun, but it wasn't half as fun until Peter got cast as my husband. Then we had some fun, because he is so funny. He is so good. Um, yeah, and he really shook. Yeah, he was he was so great. So Peter was in Seinfeld. See, unless there's aliens, <laughs> I probably haven't seen it. <laughs> Peter was okay. Peter's amazing. Yeah, yeah he played a. Uh, yeah, he was really funny in Sybil, but he played kind of really serious. Uh, believe it or not, a serious role on Seinfeld oh. um, with George. So you guys shared that um, George was was playing a Nazi, and Peter was along for the ride with him but uh within a limo but yeah but yeah he's he's great um so the opposite like like i said you were a big star of that show other parts of the show included kramer going on regis and kathy lee i don't know the last time you saw the episode but um that's when kramer uh he made he made the coffee table book and he went to different talk shows and 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 kind of uh were you on set for all that or were you just on set for your scenes? What do you what do you remember about the the experience with all the other characters? Um, really, just I was there for like my scenes. Um, I, if that was the side, yeah, I, I, I don't think I was there because it was a pre shoot. I think, yeah, yeah, that that would be a pre shoot. They have like the main sets, like Jerry's um, Jerry's apartment, and there's a few other ones that are main sets, and then they build extra ones on the side sides that the audience can't see. So they usually pre shoot those away from the audience. So if I wasn't scheduled, I wouldn't have seen it. And the last time I stopped to watch them, I got kind of like, hey, you know, go get dressed. You're... <laughs> you know, I didn't get to see it, but um, man, he was so funny. I do remember the other day I, I ran by a clip of Seinfeld and he comes flying in the door all the time. I'm like, God, that never gets old. Never, you know, never gets old. Him flying to the door. Yeah. Well, glad, glad you're still watching. Um, <laughs> well, so tell us a little, so. Seinfeld had a great, great career up until Seinfeld. Then it took off with Sipple, et cetera. And then you took 10 years off um, and got into social work. Are you, I know you kind of, you, you just graduated, right? Right before Big Sky? Uh, during. During. Oh, oh wow. 
yeah, it was a very crazy, my journey, my life's journey is so crazy. Long story short, 10 years ago, um, I had a hiccup with a lot of things. I had to really relook at what I was doing, raising two boys on my own. And, you know, I felt like the industry wasn't as loyal to me as I was to it. I'm getting older, men can get older and they're just sexier, the more wrinkly and fat and, and you know gray they get they get sexier we get more we just get unemployed um or you better have money for plastic surgery and then you're called you look weird right so i just didn't like any of this messaging that was that women were being told indirectly um so i thought and i always really loved helping people tons of volunteer work my whole life since i was a little girl actually so i decided to um go get a degree, which I had no idea what the heck I was doing. I really thought I could go get one of those degrees, that maybe a year or two. I'd never been to school. I graduated in 82. Okay, do the right, math. Right. No computers, no cell phones, thesis statement, what's that? Why is there an X in the math problem? There's, that's a typo. They're like, no, it's called algebra. So like when they, when I walked up to Valley College or actually Pierce College and said, hey, I want to get a degree. Okay, hey, what what do you want? And I said, I want to help people. And they're like, well, which one? Which degree? I said, I don't know. You tell me. They're like, no, that's not how it works. You you tell us. And they go, how about a psych degree? I said, okay, that sounds good. <laughs> so I started that way. Ten years later, it turned into a social worker degree. Wow. It took me ten years because I had a learning disability that was detected. I thought it was stupid growing up, and I wasn't. So along the way, um, I also, like I said, I'm so in the moment. I didn't realize that I was not going to be able to support myself and my boys on a social worker uh, salary. So one day out of nowhere, but I trusted that, you know, it was all going to work out. I didn't know how, but I knew that my heart was in the right place. And then out of nowhere, my brother-in-law, who never calls me, has never texted me a day in my life. I'm interning at the Department of Mental Health. It's my last year of my master's program. Wow. <laughs> yeah. He texted me out of nowhere. Hey, Didi, are you still acting? I think I have a great role for you. I almost dropped my phone. He just threw me a lifeline and he had no idea. He had no idea. I didn't know how I was going to do this. So, of course, my answer was, hell yes. <laughs> E-S-S-S-S-S, right? So, while I was finished my master's, I was filming or um, starting the process of, of Big Sky. And so, and then because of COVID, I ended up graduating Zoom at UCLA. That was kind of a, you know... Um, hiccup for all of us and so oh, wow. yeah so I haven't really been able to actively work and my area of concentration is our homeless mental health and substance use that's amazing I mean that's I love stories like that so you basically had had put it to the side not thinking about it the acting I'm talking and then right at that moment you know 10 years later you get the call that's that's I love when those things happen like that where you're just not well, even you know you you just put it to the side don't think about it and then all of a sudden it starts coming yeah, right. Because I just realized I had to, I had to believe that somehow it was going to work out because my soul, my heart, my intention was only all good. That I thought if I end up just not being able to support my children because I'm trying to do something good for the world, wow, you know, Mother Earth just took a big dump on me, right? So when when David threw me this lifeline, not even knowing, I realized, wow, the universe really does open up. You just have to kind of, they say faith works best in the dark. I was like, wow, man, if that ain't the truth, right? Um, but here's the best part. Now that I'm back acting, I want to be able to bring together my my um, degree, my bachelor's of psych and my master's of social work um, together with my fan base and create like a show around helping people. Oh, very um, cool. 
Yeah, blend them together. Right now, though, I'm doing, doing Big Sky. I'm a little busy over here. Right, right. Birds and birds in between filming. <laughs> is it season? Is it still season one being shot now, or season two being shot now? It's so confusing the way we did it. Yeah, I, 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 it's a little. It's season. It's probably still season one, right? It's season one. We have two more episodes right now that we're finishing, um, and we have this backlog of episodes that we held from y'all oh. Oh, okay. yeah now we're gonna air those then um if we get if we get our pickup we'll come back in july, I think july or august to finish to start the second season okay and it's yeah, all they, shot in canada but it's supposed to take place in missoula montana right montana yes uh, so, no because I, I lived in missoula for a little while it was a great town but it's actually shot in canada you don't spend any time in montana at all on the show uh Actually, not with COVID, you're probably not, right? Well, let me tell you, man, we're in Canada, and I went home three times. I had a quarantine for two weeks each time. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So I haven't gone anywhere, not in Montana. <laughs> well, we've, we've, all been, we've all been quarantined watching you, and I think you bring, like I said, you were really funny in Seinfeld, and you bring, you bring humor to Big Sky in a motherly sense, I would say, right, with the, with the girls, like, you kind of have one-liners. I, I think you're fantastic in it. So, um, congrats you. to you. Thank you. And listen, when you when you bridge the gap and you do the social work stuff and you're starting a show, like let us know. We'll come on free. Will you? Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> we well, we might have to talk Seinfeld though. That's the only caveat. <laughs> I went through ten years of school and literally, like nobody knows who I am, what I did. Some one teacher went. Have I had you before in one of my classes? You look really <laughs> familiar. And I'm like, nope, 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 nope. I have no idea who you're talking about. I'm just Dorothy in the back of the class. <laughs> you know, just, yeah. Um, so how, Didi, so how was it? 10 years off and then boom, you're on a set of a big network show. Like, was it like riding a bike? Um, a bit. Yeah, definitely like riding a bike. But you know what else too? Dude, in 10 years, things change. I couldn't believe they were cussing. Like, I think someone said, damn. And I'm like, what? Since when can you say damn on TV? They're like, Didi, we've been saying damn for a while. Where have you been? Well, first, before I took off, I wasn't even watching TV, let alone, you know, in the last 10 years, raising two kids and going to college, uh, being a right-brained person, trying to act like I'm a left-brained person. <laughs> it's really hard. Um, so, uh, God, lots of stuff has changed. When I was doing TV, you could not change one word not one word and they were on you and they would correct you. And um, so I came into it going, you can't change any words, you can't cuss and all that's out the doors now, it's out the door. It, it's um, it's a different- A little more uh, loose. It's different playing. It's a lot more loosey goosey than it was when um, when I was uh, after- I think you were you were perfectly cast. He had the right idea. That's why when he said he had a role for you, it's, uh, you know, it's perfectly cast and you're, 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 you're lovable personality right now just talking to you here it's just you're, you're so down to earth it's incredible thank you thank you well yeah ego i'm allergic to ego <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah ego. and hopefully the the seinfeld residuals are still coming in we hope right you know i think they actually are and i have to say thank you for even having me on here because sometimes i think that we get roll we get going in our lives and you know getting things done and we we, we forget to stop and pause and you're right. That was really a huge episode for me to um, have done. 
thank God I didn't realize when I was doing it just how big of an episode it was. I would have caved. I would have been, you know, it would have been too nerve wracking. Um, Cause I'm kind of like an organic actor that way. I'm really sensitive. It was a good thing and not so good thing. So mm. this is what I kind of to protect myself from like reality. <laughs> so reality sometimes is a much, but it's like, what a really great thing to have on my resume. And I wouldn't even be on your show right now. Right. If I there wasn't. That's, that's true. Cool. Yeah. Top 10 of I mean, all yeah. time episodes. It's an all-time episode, and and like you said, I think good things happen to good people, and I think that's that's in your case. And I think just Seinfeld's had a little bit of a renaissance. I mean, your episode was what? She's twenty six years ago, twenty seven years ago. But now that it's streaming on Hulu, it's going to be picked up by Netflix. I think um, you'll see a little more resurgence, even from people your son's age. I gather. So we're really looking forward to it, and just. Again, honored you were able to join us for a few minutes tonight. Thanks so much, Davey. Thank you so much, Davey. And uh, all the best in the future with everything. Oh, thank you, Tony. Thank you, Chris. You guys are sweet. Thank you. Thank you. We'll look, we're looking forward to the uh, new episodes. Yeah, Big Sky, Tuesday yeah. nights, ABC. All right. <laughs> thank Thanks, you, Davey. Thank you so much. Enjoy your night.